Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The merry widow, Corey Richens, instead of planning a funeral, uh, planning a gathering at the home following her husband's funeral, instead, Corey Richens throws a party at her house, a party to celebrate a closing on a $2 million mansion sitting on 10 acres of land that her husband opposed. But hey, he's already been dead at least, what, Jackie, 12, 15 hours? So it's time to party down. With me, renowned psychoanalyst joining us out of Beverly Hills, Dr. Bethany Marshall. Now, Dr. Bethany, that's a whole nother can of worms to talk about. But what I'm interested in is the psychopathy of a mm. person, in this case a female, Corey Richens, who tries over and over and over to murder her husband. We believe we know of three instances where she tried to kill her husband. I mean, perseverance is normally something that you should strive <laughs> for, but not in this scenario. What is that psychopathy? Oh, gosh, Nancy, there's so much to say about this. It's important to know that she is what we call cluster B. Cluster B in my field means that the person has three co-occurring personality disorders, borderline, antisocial, and sociopathic. So with all three of those personality disorders... Right, borderline, sociopathic, and what? Antisocial. Well, she threw a party. How does that fit with her being antisocial? But okay, go ahead. Antisocial is disregard for the rights and safety of others. So you're not bonded in such a way that you care about them, but you might be bonded in such a way that you get excited by them. You want to have sex with them. You want to take money from them. You want to manipulate them. You want to be around them all the time and be the life of the party, like, like Casey Anthony on the stripper pole. But that doesn't mean she had regard for anybody. So the antisocial part has to do with lack of remorse, lack of thoughtfulness and bonding. What do you make of repeated attempts to murder her husband? Um, Eric Richens was very opposed to buying a $2 million mansion and trying to flip it. He dies. She closes immediately after. She reaches a deal the day after he dies in their home by extreme fentanyl overdose. I believe it was mm-hmm. three to five times a lethal dose of fentanyl served to him, we believe, in a Moscow mule by her. So she's throwing a party in the home, in their home, to celebrate the deal on a $2 million mansion. But that was not the first time, according to prosecutors, that she had tried to kill him. I want to talk about the fact that he even joked about it, that she was trying to kill him, Mm -hmm. that ha, 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 she's going to kill me for the money, or the fact that he very much in a serious tone called his sister from Greece and said, I think she's tried to poison me. You've got the Greece incident where she went overseas with him on a trip and tried to kill him there hoping and praying the Greek police would screw up the investigation. (laughs) And then an incident on the Valentine's Day preceding his death where she gave him a love note and a poison sandwich. He took, I think, one or two bites and immediately 
uh, started going into anaphylactic shock with hives and difficulty breathing. And yet he stayed in the relationship. That's one thing to figure out. But she was undeterred. I mean, there's the old slogan, try, try again, if at first you don't succeed. But he was joking about it. She showed no fear that she would be caught or anybody would put two and two together. So, Nancy, what I think was happening is that she was becoming emboldened to administer larger and larger doses of the drug to kill him. So she started small and worked up. Um, That's one thing. The other is that she was stealing money from him. And it was a pretty startling amount. She had tax debt. She had taken money out of his business account. She had, I think, $1. million that she had taken from a lender. And at the same time, she felt she was the beneficiary of his life insurance policy. So I think that what was happening is that she was very reckless and impulsive, and she was a thief. She kept taking money. And then she would panic. Then she would want the life insurance policy to pay that debt back. She bought so four he would need to be life dead. insurance policies before his death. So she would need all four life insurance policies because the one policy, $500,000, wouldn't have satisfied all that debt. So it was sort of like a, a rob Peter to pay Paul on your husband's life and soul kind of situation. And Nancy, I want to say I have had a couple of patients in my practice like this. Um, two women, right about the same time, extraordinarily wealthy, generous husbands who would have given them anything that they wanted, but they got access to the business accounts. And I remember these cases because they were about the same time. These women were gorgeous. They were like models. They, they got access to the husband's business accounts and they would steal or take money behind the, the husband's back. And in both cases, they had lovers who were sort of near to wells, didn't have much money. And they I know this is going the money somewhere. Lovers. Where this is going yes. is that, you know, everybody might think about the story. How can you steal from your husband? Well, you can steal if you prefer to take it behind his back rather than to have him know about it. If you're reckless, if you're impulsive, if you go on spending sprees, and that every time you run up debt, you take out one more life insurance policy and then you plot and scheme and plan to kill your husband to satisfy the debt. I mean, I think that's just one aspect of this. I think she wanted him gone. Okay, wait a minute. she didn't love him. Dr. Bethany Marshall, let me redirect your answer before I have to declare you a hostile witness. <laughs> My question was, I know the facts. I don't need to have a rendition of the facts and examples of her behavior. I need to figure out what is wrong with this woman. I mean, Mm. she was so, as you pointed out, so reckless in her attempts on her husband's life. The whole family, his whole family believed she was trying to kill him. He believed she was trying to kill him, but yet that did not deter her. I mean, typically when somebody's caught doing a nefarious deed, something wrong, breaking the law, they stop. But she kept going. Mm There's got to be something wrong up there. What is it? And I'm not saying she's insane, because that would be a defense under the law. I'm not saying that. What personality is that? Well, this is where you go back to the cluster B, the borderline, antisocial, and sociopathic. When you have all three personality disorders, it becomes yet another 
psychological perfect storm for these kinds of um, behaviors. So let's think of antisocial. Antisocial is, again, reckless disregard, lack of concern for the rights and safety of others, failure to pay back debts to society, kind of a parasitic lifestyle, impulsivity, um, hypersexuality. So that's antisocial. Sociopathic, as we all know, they turn into really high-level grifters. I mean, they're total parasites. They live off of other people. They have absolutely no remorse. These are the people who can kill and become quite criminal. Then you have borderline. Now, borderline is an interesting one because you have what we call affect dysregulation. These are the people who can't, they can't regulate their moods. They, um, they cling to others and then they reject. So they might put, this is the kind of person who puts you on a pedestal, idealizes you, thinks that you're the best person ever. And the minute you do one thing wrong, they reject you. They want nothing to do with you. Borderlines are the ones who can plot and plan forever to kill. In fact, most women that we see in court who kill their children or their husbands do have borderline personality disorder. They get so dysregulated. So disread, so enraged that they want that person out of the way. Can I ask so, you a question? Have you ever heard sure. of um, SM, also referred to as SM046, and is an American woman with a particular type of brain um, idiosyncrasy that leaves her with zero ability to feel fear? of anything and that's how the human species has made it this far is because we have fear we hear a loud crack of thunder mm -hmm. we run we see a snake we back away it is inherent it is um genetic some people do not have that fear now it was my belief as a completely unlearned individual in psychopathy that um someone who is a psychopath they don't adhere to right and wrong they don't recognize rules or narcissus mm -hmm. the namesake of a narcissist could only see himself in the reflection you don't see anybody else you don't care about anybody else and what they think of you certainly does not concern you Nancy, I've not heard of this person, but I will say that it has the ring of truth to me because what happens in our brains largely determines our behavior. And we have the amygdala, and that's the center of fear, the fight, flight, or freeze, right? So that's the part you're talking about, the part that um, it, help, it, it, it creates anxiety, panic attacks, um, it warns us if we're driving too quick, quickly that we could get in an accident. People who have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, have overactive amygdalas, so they have fearful thoughts all the time. So that's at the, at the top of the spine, at the base of the brain. It has a very important role in our behavior. What counterbalances that is something called the prefrontal cortex. That's right behind the forehead. That is the braking system, the, the center of higher reasoning the part of our brain that helps us to plan ahead and to learn from our mistakes, those two balance each other out all the time. So I would say this particular woman we're talking about lacked um, an amygdala 
and a prefrontal cortex. In other words, she could plan ahead just enough to try to take money or keep poisoning her husband, but she couldn't plan ahead enough to see that she might be caught. Interesting, because well, when her sister-in-law confronted her about stealing money from her husband's safe, about $160,000, she punched the sister-in-law in the face. That was her reaction. You know, Most normal people would say, get out of my house. You don't even know what you're talking about. This is my money, blah, 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 whatever. Instead, she just punched her. That's her reaction. So, so, so she's impulsivity. Not, yeah, she's not functioning on all cylinders, but you know what? unless it rises to legal insanity, which is a defense, or mental defect under the law, such as a not guilty by reason of mental defect defense, I don't care. He's dead. The three children don't have a father. And according to prosecutors, she did it. And it wasn't her first mm -hmm. try because she has no compunction and nobody matters but Corey Richens. It's her world. We just living in it. Bye, Bethany. I'll see you in the courtroom. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.